God's perspective. There's what God sees, what God desires. And we need to make sure that like in this scenario, there are people like, oh, it's the worst thing that ever happened. Babylon's destroyed. And literally God is being praised for his glorious judgment because of what Babylon was all about. And we need to make sure that we find ourselves being the fragrance of heaven and the fragrance of light and not being the fragrance of death and corruption. Do you ever wonder how what's going on in heaven affects what you're dealing with here on the earth? Well, the book of Revelation kind of pulls back the curtain. You're hearing heaven's response to God's judgment of mankind and the earth. As Pastor Daniel is pointing out the contrast between the two realms, he'll be reminding you that your current existence isn't the final one, and it's important to be sure your priorities are right. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in the book of Revelation chapter 19 as he begins his message, The Return of Jesus. I realize that each one of us are different, but I'm one of those people who I love unexpected things. I love pulling up if we're in a line with my kids and we're going to go to Dairy Queen. I love pulling up and I order my kids things and I'm like, I'll take whatever you think is the best thing that you guys make. Because you just never know what's going to happen. I remember I did it one time at Dairy Queen and I got to the window and the girl's like, really? Like anything? And I'm like, if you like it, I'll love it. I don't even know what she made me, but it was like 87,000 calories. It was like, and it was so good. It was like the only meal I needed for like a week was like this one blizzard from Dairy Queen. But I love that. I love the idea that you just kind of never know what you're going to get. Now, I know some of you are like, yeah, I would never do that. Who would want it? But that's my personality. I just enjoy that. Like even like today, I wasn't supposed to play bass today, but like sure enough, I get there like five minutes before service. Like, hey, uh, can you play bass? Because our bass player had to leave. They had an emergency. And so I'm like, yeah, let's do that. You know, I had a bass in the back. I'm like, let's see what happens, you know? So that's the way. and, And what's beautiful about that for me is that it's one of the reasons I love following Jesus so much too. Because the ways that God works is unexpected. God's mercy is new every morning. In any given day, we experience God in all these different ways. And it's always interesting to me. If you've been walking with Jesus for any length of time, you realize that God is not always teaching us the same lesson over and over again. I mean, sometimes we have seasons where God's trying to drill down on something. But on any given day, as you follow Jesus, there's all sorts of things that he's trying to get at. Now, for those of you who are like, yeah, I don't really like all the unexpected stuff, you also realize that isn't Jesus the most consistent person you've ever met? Every day, his grace, his love, his patience, his kindness, the way he works. Now, one of the things that I think is really exciting about following Jesus is a simple reality that we're going to see in our text. We've been kind of building towards it here as we've been studying the book of Revelation together, and that's the fact that Jesus is going to come back, that the return of Jesus is soon. And I woke up this morning knowing I was going to teach the text in Revelation where Jesus comes back, and I woke up and I thought, is it today, Lord? (laughs) 
Like, is today the day that you come back? And in a lot of ways, that idea that Jesus is coming back and his return can happen at any time, that really should drive us or provoke us to live lives that matter, lives that have all the most important things in place because of the reality that you realize that tomorrow is not promised for any of us. If you think about it, not only with the soon return of Jesus, but God does not promise any of us that we're going to make it through the end of the week. Like nowhere in your Bible does it say, hey, listen, you get the end of this week and the end of next week. And there's so many movies. Now, I'm going to reference a movie. I don't think I've seen it since I've been a Christian, so it may be a horrible movie. So if it is, I'm super sorry. It was a BC movie. But, but there was this movie that came out years ago uh, with Queen Latifah in it, and she got like the wrong diagnosis. She got a diagnosis from the doctor that she didn't have much time left. And then she went on out and she fixed everything she needed to fix and she stopped doing things she shouldn't do. And, and then she finds out, oh no, you have a ton of time. But there's all these movies like that where you realize that my time is short and then you start living the life that God would have you to live. And in a lot of ways, we don't need a Queen Latifah movie to do that because as followers of Jesus, you realize that your savior is going to come back. I mean, his return can happen at any time. And so because of that, that should be a motivator for each one of us to make sure that we reconcile those things that need to be reconciled. And we apologize for the dopey things and the rebellious things that we did. And we get at our lives in such a way that we are very much aware that if this was my last day, then it was exactly in line with what God would have for me. And that reality really should be a driver in our life. Now, I realize that as we talk about the return of Jesus, I'll never forget when I first came to know Jesus, I had some buddies of mine. And so I'm from New Jersey. And so people in New Jersey don't ever pull any punches when they talk to you. They always tell you exactly what they think and how they think. And I remember one of my buddies was like, so bro, like you're a decently intelligent person. So anytime your friend from New Jersey begins with you're a decently intelligent person, you know they're going to give you a hard time, you know? So like, so hey, so you're a decently intelligent person, but how can you actually believe that Jesus is coming back? I mean, you believe this dude who lived 2,000 years ago is going to come back? And I realize that there are some of you in talking of the return of Jesus to earth that to some of you are like, bro, like you, can you really honestly tell me you believe that someone who lived 2,000 years ago is going to come back? And I'm going to talk to you about that today because I absolutely believe it's actually given all the data. It is the most rational belief given all the data about who Jesus is. It's not crazy that Jesus is going to come back, but we're going to see in our text today what happens as Jesus comes back. So in order to get at this, open your Bibles, Revelation chapter 19, as we continue our study, bring in the book of Revelation. We'll close. Now, I'm going to start reading, and you have to realize that like Revelation 19 verse 1 begins with after these things. And that is a reference to Revelation 17 and 18, where we see this destruction of Babylon, which we've been talking about. So look at what it says. It says, after these things, verse 1, I heard a loud voice of a great multitude in heaven saying, Alleluia, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. For true and righteous are his judgments because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication. And he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Verse three, again, they said, Alleluia, her smoke rises up forever and ever. And the 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who sat on the throne saying, Amen, Alleluia. 
Verse 5, then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants and those who fear him, both small and great. And I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering saying, alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, right, blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the lamb. And he said to me, these are the true sayings of God. Verse 10. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, see that you do not do that. I'm your fellow servant and of your brethren who have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Now, really what we see here in verses 1 to 10 is we really see all of heaven's praise going on. These numerous hallelujah statements coming from heaven. It's not by chance that Pastor Mikey had us singing hallelujah this morning a lot because he knew we were going to do this text and we wanted to step in a little bit to exactly what we were going to be looking at. But what's amazing is if we were to take Revelation 17, 18, and 19 and put them together, you can't miss the contrast between the laments or the dirges of the people who are lamenting the destruction of Babylon, whether it was the kings of the earth who were united with her, whether it was the merchants who were making money through uh, Babylon, or the people who worked on the oceans who are making money. They're lamenting Babylon, but then their contrast is what... People are sad about the destruction of Babylon, but in heaven, everyone's just saying, hallelujah. Which hallelujah literally means praise the Lord. Hallel in Hebrew means praise. Uyah, Yah is God. These statements of praising God. Now, what I think is important about this, and this is something that we all have to deal with and navigate, is the fact that everybody is entitled to their opinions. But not everyone's opinion should be weighted equally. And what you have is a difference of opinion between how heaven views God's judgment of Babylon and how the people of the earth view God's judgment of Babylon. And one is, this is so sad, this is horrible, and in heaven they're like, God is good, his judgments are right. Now, for us, what that teaches us is we all, there's a part of all of us that want everyone to agree on everything. But I'm here to tell you that never happens. And if you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, you are a citizen of heaven and you're a citizen here on the earth. You have a dual citizenship. But as a follower of Jesus, our allegiance to Jesus, the kingdom of heaven, trumps our allegiances here on the earth. And so we need to make sure that we have the opinion of heaven as opposed to the opinion of earth. And for all of us, every single one of us, that is a tension we manage on this side of eternity. Where we live in this world and all the opinions of this world, and then there's God's perspective. There's what God sees, what God desires. And we need to make sure that like in this Scenario: There are people like, oh, it's the worst thing that ever happened. Babylon's destroyed. And literally God is being praised for his glorious judgment because of what Babylon was all about. And we need to make sure that we find ourselves being the fragrance of heaven and the fragrance of light 
and not being the fragrance of death and corruption. And each one of us need to go before the Lord and say, Lord, where have I taken on the personality, the spirit, the zeitgeist of the age in which I live, as opposed to the culture of your kingdom in heaven? We see it clear as day here, and we need to make sure that we are joining in heaven's praise. Now, the destruction of Babylon evoked sadness and lament in people on the earth, but it evokes praise to God in heaven. And our only desire should be God's glory and God's praise. Now, if you look at what's going on here, you have all of these different hallelujah statements, right? So verse one, I heard the voice of a great multitude saying hallelujah, salvation and glory and honor and power belong to the Lord our God. I love that. Each one of us should seek to live a hallelujah life. That our lives are lived praising God for his salvation. If you're here today and you're a follower of Jesus, if you are like, hey, I've been born again, then you have every reason to praise God. I talked to my kids about this because my kids grew up with a dad and a mom who loved Jesus and were trying to love each other. And, and we went raising our kids to know Jesus. I'm like, when you grow up in the church, it looks one way. And when you grow up, like I didn't grow up going to church. And so when I came to know Jesus, like the fact that God would save me. The fact that God would forgive me. I was so aware when I came to know Jesus of how far I was from the will of God. The mistakes were just like, it was like everything was in neon 4k clarity. Like, wow, I didn't even realize this stuff was wrong. Like I just did this stuff. I had no, I wasn't in rebellion against God consciously. I was just completely blind And when I came to know Jesus and I realized that there was forgiveness in Jesus and I came to know him, I realized I had been so burdened by the weight of the shame and the rebellion that it was crushing me. I love Pastor Gabe to death, but he's a sick puppy. And I say that because I've learned a lot about like working out with Pastor Gabe. And so Pastor Gabe is so funny because he'll be like, oh, you know what you should do? I'm like, what? He's like, you should get this vest and it's a weighted vest. And I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds really, really funny. He's like, and then you do your workout with this weighted vest on. <laughs> now, I don't know what's crazier, him thinking that's fun or me actually joining him in it. But that's a different discussion. So I go and get this vest. And he's like, okay, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to do push-ups with the vest on. I was like, we're going to go run. Let's go run. And, I'm, and he's all excited because he's like a Mexican jumping beam. It's crazy. You know what I mean? He's like, let's go do this. And so then we go do all this stuff. And at some point in this journey, I'm like, why am I wearing this vest? And why am I doing what he wants me to do? Like, this is insane. But then you look over at him and he's just like, <laughs> you know, he's like all good to go and he's all happy. But what's funny is, is when you do a workout with extra weight on you, when you get to the end of the workout, everyone does the exact same thing. Like, you get done, and what do you do? You just get that weight off of you. You're like, take that, get, get this thing away from me. And in the same way, Pastor Gabe isn't really a sick puppy. I mean, he's a little nuts, but I love him to death, you know? But the idea is, is in a lot of ways, your salvation was God saying, I'm going to take all the weight of sin off of you. Listen, some of you, you've been carrying around such guilt and shame because of mistakes that you made, things you did wrong. Maybe people know about it. Maybe nobody knows about it. But you still carry the baggage of that. And I don't say that looking down on anyone because I know this very well. Very well. But Jesus says, come to me, all you who 
labor and are heavy laden. Those of you who are weighed down, those of you who are carrying around all this garbage from addiction and sin and garbage, you're carrying it all around. And God is saying, come to me and I'll give you rest. I'll take all those burdens off of you. I want, let me unburden you. And I'm here to tell you, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, you want to be saved because if you carry around a weighted vest, at some point you just break down, you're exhausted. But when you take that thing off, it's like, oh, okay, I can live. And that's what Jesus wants to do. And if you're here today and you're already a follower of Jesus, you have infinite reasons to praise him. He saved you. He forgave you of everything you've ever done. He knew all of it. I like to say God loves each one of us with full disclosure. Because I always joke, like, you know, people fall in love all the time. Like, oh, I'm so in love. And, and you're like, man, that's so beautiful. But you know, at some point, they're going to realize that that person, you know, like, they got to wear deodorant like everybody else. They're grumpy pre-coffee. I mean, like, everyone's kind of the same that way. But they're perfect until you get to know them real well. And you're like, gosh, I didn't know why I love that person. Everyone knows that that's kind of the way it is, right? But God, he knows all of it. He's like, and I love you still. I know that you're grumpy in the morning. I know that you get hangry before lunch. I know that you yell at the television when your football team loses. I know you do this stuff. Oh. (laughs) But I love you still. And so if you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, you should be living a hallelujah life, a praise the Lord life. And I'm here to tell you, if you're here and you're not yet a follower of Jesus... You want to live a hallelujah life. Because I'm here to tell you there's nothing. There is nothing that you have ever done that is greater than God's grace for you. God's love for you is greater than how guilty and shame-filled you feel about mistakes you've made. His grace is more. And in heaven, they're praising him. Because salvation and glory and honor and power belong to you, O Lord. Now, I love this. For true and righteous are his judgments, verse 2, because he has judged the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication, and he has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. Now, I think this is really fascinating. And now, one day I'm going to write a book on uh, bumper sticker theology. I love bumper stickers. Because, like, you learn so much about people, like, about bumper stickers. So I I remember, so before, uh, I mean, Lynn and I, we lived here, and we've been living here for the last decade. And obviously, you know that, like, on the the Vancouver metro area is, like, kind of, you know, we're we're, we're new agey central where we live. But before that, we lived in the San Francisco Bay Area, which is the birthplace of woo-woo spirituality. Those are our people. We love them to death. But it's, like, you know, really, like, super, super spiritual, you know, Uh, but not Christian. And I remember, I always see this bumper sticker that we should uh, practice non-judgment day. You ever see that bumper sticker? It's one of my favorite. It, it sounds so like righteous. You know, judgment day is bad and non-judgment is better. But what people don't realize is that the reason Jesus judges the world is because everything that goes on is not the way God intended it. Like when selfishness and pride and unrighteousness is normal, everything that God created is not functioning the way he intended. Like death, sickness. You go back to God's creation and none of this was supposed to be part of it. Broken relationships, broken hearts, things that make us cry, whether actual tears are on the inside. All of that is outside of the good creation that God made. When God created Adam and Eve, he said, oh, this is very good. But you look at the news and it's not very good. And because things have broken, 
Jesus' return is about God taking everything that is broken and making it right again. And that is a very good thing. Things that, like, you're like, man, that hurt. That was painful. That was not God's plan in the beginning. It's what happened because of sin and the fall of humanity. So Jesus' return is not like, it'd be like, oh, it'd be better if Jesus doesn't come back and judge the world. The reason Jesus is coming back and judge the world is everything is off kilter for God's original intention. And I love it because they say, true and righteous are your judgments. See, the reason Babylon is judged, notice, because the great harlot who corrupted the earth with her fornication and has avenged on her the blood of his servants shed by her. See, the influence of Babylon was a corrupting. Now, I've never heard the word corruption used in a positive sense. Anybody want to work for a corrupt boss? Anybody want to be raised by corrupt parents? Anybody want to be like, hey, man, my kid is a corrupt honor student. Corruption is never good. But really what you have is that for the world, for the kings and the merchants and the people who are doing business, they didn't mind the corruption. They didn't mind that Babylon oppressed and martyred the people of God. They just liked the benefits that they got. But really God's like, yeah, heaven is praising God because all this corruption needs to get righted. And in some ways... As we move through this world, as followers of Jesus, we realize that because everybody except Jesus is imperfect, then we all need redemption, but we all struggle with all these different things. And then we realize because all of us struggle with different things, when you put us together in families, all families have issues. When you put us together in communities, all communities have issues. When you put us together in corporations, all corporations, all government has issues. Everything has issues because the sin nature that permeates all of it. Now, That's also true for church. Anytime someone's like, oh, I love Crossroads. This is the perfect church. I'm like, (laughs) welcome. I pray that it's always like this for you. And like, I love you. You love me. But it's never perfect. You want to see, look at this. I'm going to scroll down a little bit because you have all these hallelujah phrases. But then look what happens when you get on down here to verse 7. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. And to her, it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. I love this. It's saying that in the return of Jesus, it's the marriage of the lamb. It's God becoming one with his church. And it says to her has been granted to be given fine linen, clean and bright. And this reminds me of Isaiah chapter 61, verse 10. Listen to how the prophet Isaiah says it. He says, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. So in Isaiah 61, it brings us this idea that the bride of Christ gets her wedding gown. Jesus is real. Today, Pastor Daniel started teaching about the return of Jesus, which is what the book of Revelation's been leading up to. And you got to see what the leaders of the earth thought about that. They didn't want Jesus on the earth at all. You were shown that even when they knew the jig was up, they still didn't give in. Pastor Daniel helped you to see that the attitude that people had is why Jesus came back the way he did. Hey everyone, there's a lot happening in the world and it can keep you pretty busy. 
but I want to encourage you to take some time and devote it to your spiritual growth. I know God wants to do something in your life, and I'm excited for you to discover exactly what that is. Come join me for a worship service at Crossroads Community Church Online so I can share the Bible with you. Join me online at crossroadschurch.net or find me on Facebook Live. We're so glad we can be a part of your life through the ministry of Jesus is Real Radio. Would you like to be a part of what we're doing? We would like to ask that you prayerfully consider becoming a financial partner of this program. Your contribution, no matter the size, will be used to reach people with the gospel message. Find out more at JesusIsRealRadio.com. Thank you for partnering with us. Next time on Jesus Is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel will continue his teaching, The Return of Jesus. We'll be talking a lot about the Bride of Christ, which is the church. You'll hear about the character qualities that Jesus is looking for in his bride. And you'll be reminded that you don't match up right now. Pastor Daniel will be sharing the good news that the hardships and trials that you go through now help you into what Jesus is looking for in his bride. You've been listening to Jesus is Real Radio with Pastor Daniel Fusco of Crossroads Community Church. Pastor Daniel will continue teaching through this series called A Year of Revelation next time. Until then, may God bless.